You're listening to the Fantasy Football Astronauts. Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Football Astronauts. I'm your host today, Rish. You can catch me on Twitter at FF underscore Rish. I'm rocking my new replacement microphone, so I hope the audio is better on this one. And we have Jetpack with us again today. Jetpack, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm glad that you were able to get a upgrade. Yeah, Big deal. It, uh, something, something broke on the inside of the microphone and my computer wouldn't pick it up anymore. Just been using my AirPods and now I actually have a real microphone again. It's, it's awesome. So, yeah, you sound beautiful. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so uh, you guys haven't been hearing the real me lately, so hopefully I'm a much better fantasy analyst as well now with this new microphone. Um, joining us today as we break down a four-round rookie Superflex mock draft is one of our content creators, Shane. You can catch him on Twitter at FFShaneB. Shane, how you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Um, working from home. And uh, had a little break, so glad to join you guys. Excited to have you on. Um, not read any of Shane's stuff yet? Go ahead, check out our website, uh, ffastronauts.com. Shane, what was your most recent article on? It was uh, a balanced dynasty dynasty draft strategy article, um, and it's actually going to be a series. I'm working on the second article in that now, um, but the first one just kind of goes over. Starting how to balance your uh, your team from from the draft. So looking at points per game and things like that from different tiers of those players and how you can get the most balanced attack um, on your roster. That's something that as I was uh, doing my startups last year, I definitely could have used because my teams were boo-boo in year one. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> That's a good read. Uh, head on over to ffastronauts.com and check that out. Fellas, are you ready to break down this four-round rookie mock draft that we did last week? Let's do it. Peck, are you hype for this four-round rookie mock draft? That's all that I think about, Rich. Please, take me to me it. Too. Been dreaming about this moment for years. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we did a four round rookie superflex mock draft post NFL draft. So we have all of the landing spots now. And uh, this is how it went down. This is a 14 teamer. Uh, we have three empty spots. We just wanted to add in a couple uh, extra picks per round so we could see kind of um, where things would land having a couple extra picks in the draft. Unfortunately, the computer is terrible, and uh, Thaddeus Moss was drafted in the second round. So there's a couple outliers in there, but for the most part, really great draft, a lot of fun. Um, so let's get into it. Um, just to, just so you guys know, I drafted at the uh, the one spot, and then Shane, you were at the eight spot, Jetpack at the eleven. So we have uh, beginning, middle, and end of this uh, of the round. So uh, so lots of different perspective there. Round one, we've talked about this. There's a lot of debate back and forth. I went Clyde Edwards Hilaire at 101. Jonathan Taylor went 102. J.K. Dobbins 103 was a surprise when Joe Burrow goes right after 104. Then Cam Akers, Tua Tagovailoa, Jalen Rager. Knowing all those names are off the board, Shane, who did you take at the 108 spot? I took DeAndre Swift. Um, I kind of like to go running backs in rookie drafts. It was really hard for me to choose between Swift and CeeDee Lamb, um, but I went Swift just because I like to take running backs first. That makes a ton of sense, and that's that's where I would have landed too. I, I probably would have taken him over uh, Jalen Rager, but I find myself in that same uh, that same spot debating between DeAndre Swift and CD lamb. Uh, we'll get back into strategy a little bit more as we go on, but uh, Keyshawn Vaughn went at the one Oh nine CD lamb at one ten. jetpack. Who was on the board and who did you take at one eleven? I went ahead and took Jerry Judy. Uh, who's my wide receiver three on the board. And that's kind of where he's falling in the draft. So I'm pretty happy about um, grabbing him there. I think that's a good value. 11th pick for a guy that people have been touting for a long time. Um, so yeah, happy about that there. Um, 
what I wanted to ask Shane just about his Swift pick, what did you prefer about Swift compared to Keyshawn Vaughn? Swift out of Georgia just it made more sense to me. I think he's got a better potential for receiving game. Um where Vaughn was used um more similarly to like JT. Um he's capable of doing it, but um it's not his first skill set where I think uh, Swift's skill set kind of matches up to that more. He can be used as a r- running back or even as a receiving threat. Um, with his elusiveness also. So that was kind of why I went Swift over Vaughn. I, I would have done the same thing. Jetpack, where where do you fall when you're evaluating uh, Keyshawn versus DeAndre Swift? I think right now I have Vaughn over Swift, but I, I mean, for someone that's personal preference on what you think and and for me it's i'm less comfortable with carry on johnson being there than i am with ronald jones being a threat to vaughn and so i think definitely yeah in terms of touches swift might be slower two touches but yeah i mean talent wise swift stands out pretty far ahead and, and i think what you're saying about the receiving ability of swift that that's so enticing um he could be he could grow to be like a Joe Mixon kind of guy. I just, you know, I think it might take a little bit more time. Um, but yeah, that, where do you guys settle in terms of like your, your overall expectation of what you want Swift to be? Could he be a Cam Akers or JK Dobbins kind of guy? Do you see that with the Lions and the way that they're platooning? I'll let you go ahead and answer that Shane. Cause, cause you're the one that made that selection there. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think Swift and Dobbins, honestly, are going to be more of a waiting game. Um, but I think they both have the talent and the potential to take over the, their backfield, respectively. So, um, definitely th- could see them see Swift being a an Acres or a Dobbins, where they get the full workload. Um, the landing spot is definitely not ideal. I wish he had landed in a different spot. Um, don't I think they kind of showed that they don't believe in carry on or they don't know if carry on can last a full season. So taking a running back that early kind of gives me a little more hope with Swift. So I think they he's definitely got the potential and talent. It's just going to be a matter of time. That's time that I'm willing to wait for because I think he's going to be pretty good. I I think um, I think you both nailed it. When I was drafting last year, uh, I shied away from Miles Sanders because I thought uh, Jordan Howard would be too much of a threat. And I think I learned from that mistake or maybe corrected that mistake this year. So I think if I have DeAndre Swift as a, a top four talent and Keyshawn Vaughn is like a tier below, they're both going to be splitting touches. I'm not expecting either one of them to be my RB1 this season anyway. So I think as of right now, I'm going to go with the greater talent knowing that, okay, carry on gets injured a lot. I, I There's a good chance that DeAndre Swift just takes over if carry on's injured. Um, he has yet to finish a season. So I'll, I, I lean DeAndre Swift because mostly because I, I, felt like I missed out on Miles Sanders last year when uh, I was kind of afraid of that shared um, backfield. So I, I really am trying to go talent over situation, weighing situation definitely in, but talent over situation when they're, when they're two drastically different talents. So um, the, I, I really don't expect a ton out of DeAndre Swift this year. That's why I dropped into my, my RB five because the RBs, uh, two through or obviously three through through five are so similar to me um as far as talent wise that it was really just landing spot determined how i wanted to rank those but then Keyshawn von to me follow, falls a tier below so i'm going to keep him in that tier um i'm really not convinced that ronald jones isn't still the guy there third round draft cap is fine but it's not a death sentence for ronald jones so um it's really, it's really anyone's guess on how those split up. The uh, the the Bucks also drafted another running back late. Um, I'm blanking off the top of my head who that was, but but there's there's just a ton of running backs in Tampa Bay, um, ton of running backs in Detroit. So it's definitely going to be messy, regardless of the guy that you get um, in those spots. 
Moving on, we have Justin Jefferson went 112, Henry Ruggs at 113, and finishing off the first round was Denzel Mims at the 114 slot. When you're looking at this draft, especially knowing it's a super flex uh, mock draft, Shane, which what picks stand out to you as the most surprising? Well, obviously, J.K. Dobbins at three, um, with both quarter, top quarterbacks still on the board. Um, speaking from the first round specifically, too, I think Jetpack got wonderful value out of uh, Jerry Judy. Um, people's wide receiver two coming into the draft and then got a pretty decent landing spot in my opinion um getting him at 111 even in superflex i think is a steal um other ones that were probably interesting to me i'm just looking at the draft board um herbert at 2.4 is probably pretty accurate um typically though don't i think we typically see quarterbacks go earlier and so that may be a little late for him but i think that's probably spot on um, and we had a few tight ends go other than Thaddeus Moss because of the computer. Um, I think they were about drafted where they should have been. I think I think you hit it um, on the head there. Joe Burrow and Tua shouldn't make it out of the top four picks, both of them. Um, I, I think I think there's an argument for either of them to go as the 101 in these drafts, and so to to be able to get Tua at the 106 is just like highway robbery. Um, I, I think he's like a screaming value. He's he was the best value pick of the draft. Joe Burrow, obviously at the 104, but being able to to sit at the 106 and get a starting quarterback in your super flex leagues just just incredible. Um, Jetpack, is there is there anything that that stands out as notable about this first round for you? I think we. It's like part of it is recognizing there's a good amount of realness to quarterbacks falling or seeing a guy that you think is really, everybody thinks is really valuable fall because so much of it in a real draft is going to be about, okay, what are my team's needs? Um, where am I at, you know, in terms of, Oh, I already have two quarterbacks. Right. And so we're going to see a lot of bro or two of falling in different places in real life. And so to see somebody get them at one Oh six, I mean, the draft is so deep, right? Like, Judy at, Judy at 11 is insane, you know, in terms of like, oh, when you say it out loud. But if you look at the board, it's not, not at all, right? Yeah. And Justin yeah. Jefferson right there at 12 and, and you know, like everything just, I don't know, like you can't take them any earlier, right? And and that's really the the value is, okay, let me, let me do everything I can to trade people and get into this back half of the first round. And in the early second round, I think that's where a ton of the value is um, because you're getting – players that would have been the 2019 101 2019 103 whatever right like in that range um at the end of of this first round so like totally worth it I, when we were talking about miles sanders i think he's a, a really interesting question where would you draft him in this draft like is he in the clyde edwards hilaire tier as far as okay we got a guy who can do it all um in terms of being on the field is, is plugged in with a good offense and a good offensive line um, and so I really like Miles Sanders one hundred one, or or is he more of a kind of mid mid first round running back? Where would you guys put him in comparison to what we're seeing here? For me, I think because his landing spot feels so solidified right now, um, I would have no problem drafting him at the one hundred one. I probably would have him uh, anywhere from one hundred one to one hundred four. That's that's right where I would I would take him, but. Again, it's it's more team need. Like if I saw that uh, I needed quarterbacks, I wouldn't mind taking Joe Burrow or Tua over Miles Sanders. And then it's really preference on what offense do you want? What what assets do you want long term? Do you want uh, Jonathan Taylor or do you prefer the receiving ability of Miles Sanders? Because they both have incredibly explosive playability um and and they're both going to be excellent fantasy assets so i think it's more of personal preference at that point clyde edwards hilaire obviously on the chiefs so um i think there's definitely an argument to take him 101 overall but i I mean i at the same time i i would if you have a preference of jonathan taylor or clyde edwards hilaire over miles sanders miles sanders i I have no problem with that at all shane do you have uh, any thoughts on where you'd have miles sanders 
So I'm lower on Miles Sanders, and that may be my Cowboys fandom speaking a little bit, if we're being honest. <laughs> um, but I would probably be comfortable taking him at 103 to 106-ish. Um, I'm a humongous Clyde Edwards-Hilaire fan. Love the landing spot. Love it, love it, love it. And Patrick Mahomes basically handpicked him himself. So um, it's really hard for me not to take Edwards-Hilaire as probably – RB1, if not RB2. And then Jonathan Taylor, I mean, his college production is ridiculous. Everyone knows that. He got a decent landing spot, so it'd be really hard for me personally to take Sanders above those two. Again, kind of like you said, Rish, it's going to be kind of personal preference on that. So I could see him going 101 or 102, but for me, I would I would take those first two running backs ahead of him in this class. I mean, that also may be a little rookie fever speaking, but um, I'd probably say he's similar to Robbins, Acres, Swift, um, and has a better landing spot than them, so I see no problem taking them, taking him ahead of them. Guys, if we're we're going to shift to other Eagles player, do you guys have Jalen Rager as the wide receiver one? I, I'm seeing a lot of that lately. Do you think that that's where you would take him? Um, kind of after the quarterbacks go in a superflex draft. Yeah, I got no problem with it. Um, that landing spot's perfect needed a wide receiver one he's fast he's versatile he can go get the ball up in the air the contested catches um we we all know about his uh less than ideal quarterback play in college um but that landing spot couldn't have been perfect perfect for a wide receiver and i think he's a, a great option for wide receiver one in the class yeah i flip-flopped back and forth between him and cd um and I think when you're looking at uh, at these landing spots, Rager has less competition, but I do like CD Lamb's talent a little bit more. And it's he's still with Dak Prescott, you know. So um, Amari Cooper is going to draw the number one corner, and he'll be competing with Michael Gallup a little bit. But I really think he's a better talent than Michael Gallup. So I think it's totally possible that Dak has two wide receiver ones or high-end wide receiver twos so I'm gonna go CD Lamb but it's it's just by a hair and I think that's more a lot the problem with me is I have a, a, a player preference and a play style preference and so if all th- if all else are equal like who do I enjoy watching more you know for lack of a yeah. better lack of a better thing like if i'm gonna go watch highlights which which one would i prefer watch their highlights because i enjoy the way they play football better um that's that's kind of what it comes down to for me so uh when it comes to to cd lamb versus jalen rager it was really just a toss-up and saw the argument for both of them and just really preferred the way cd lamb plays as opposed to jalen rager not not that i don't like the way jalen rager plays by any means but but that's my personal preference as far as uh, what I look for. And so I went CD, but I do have Jalen Rager number two, and it is very close for me. Jetpack, I know you have him have Rager number one. Yeah, I'm, I'm super high on Rager, um, and I, but I think there needs to be a fear factor there, right? Like you have to know, okay, if he's my wide receiver one, he has the risk level that that's higher than CD, right? Higher than Judy, higher than Jefferson, right? High as anybody else in the first round. Um and he could just totally bust where you don't really see that with lamb or Judy. Um, and especially not Jefferson, right? Those guys are all in, in beautiful spots. And it's like, um, it's, it's almost hard to, or in the back of your mind, you'll have the idea of like, Oh, Jalen Rager might be Corey Coleman, right? Like, Ugh. how am I going <laughs> to, how am I going to differentiate, a, you know, really from the big 12, um, you know, going in the first round and, and he's, you know, versatile. He does all these things that I like. Um, what what makes it stick for him? Um, whereas with with Lamb and Judy and Jefferson, you know that they're trained well. Um, you don't have questions on that with Rugs too. Same same kind of idea. There's a a background there that I think you can be more confident in. Um, and so that that I think is is the risk. But the reward on the other side of that is that he could be the best receiver in the draft and kind of take over the NFL um, with Wentz. So um, for me, that worth is that risk is worth it. Um, but I, I just think it needs to be, you know, at least mentioned. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I think that's probably what holds me back a little bit more on Rager too. It's, 
it is a definitely a riskier pick. But if it if it hits, like that's you just hit the the mega millions. You know, he's gonna be he's gonna be a, a fantasy producer for you. Um, last thought on the first round. What are your guys' thoughts on Henry Ruggs? I know Jetpack, you're a firm believer. Shane, where do you land on on Henry Ruggs? Is he worth a first round pick, or do you see him more in that second round? I think for our draft, he went right where he's supposed to. Um, so we, because it was fourteen team, he ended up in the first round. Um, fourteen team, I have no problem him go, with him going in the first round. Twelve team, I could see him going in the first round, but I think he's probably early second. Um, in that case, um, he's so fast. Um, and, and <laughs> yeah, like I'm an Auburn fan, so I had to witness that for three years or two years. I can't remember how long he actually had time in the the starting lineup at Bama, but I had to deal with it in the our biggest game of the year every year. Um, and he's just so fast. Um, so he's going to burn whoever is trying to cover him a lot. And, and uh, someone I was talking to, I think it was my grandfather actually, um, mentioned that I think part of the reason that he might have been the first uh, receiver off the board is because he showed his athleticism with all those like bunking videos that he does on YouTube. So he's not just like a small, fast guy. Like he's got the hops and the athletic ability to go get the ball too. So I think he landed probably right where he's supposed to um, for our draft. I, I agree on that. In fact, where do you, what do you, where do you fall on Henry Ruggs? Yeah. So the problem is, for a lot of people, Rugs will end up in the second round of the draft, or he'll be falling, and teams are passing on him because, oh, he didn't do this in college, or oh, he didn't have as much stats as I want to see. But he'll be the only like top fifteen pick that will fall that far ever. Like, n- there's no other guy that I can think of that has, you know, would ever fall that far in any fantasy draft. That was a NFL top fifteen pick. He's the first receiver off the board for a good reason, and people are just like. No, I'm just going to fade him because he didn't have good college stats, which to me is ridiculous. But um, I, I mean, I, I get the a little bit of the hesitation, right? It does feel kind of like Rager does, right? But he should be loved similar to the way that Rager is. And I, I think um, within a year or two, we'll see either Gruden figure out the quarterback situation or we'll see one of those guys step up so that Ruggs becomes useful um, in terms of fantasy value. I, I have no questions about his talent um, and the ability there. For me, it's all about okay, you know, can Derek Carr really use him the way that we want to see him used? But I, th- I think he'll he'll hit in the sense of um, the talent will check, right? That will all click. Um, it'll be more about what's the you know fantasy value of being a wide receiver attached to Derek Carr or Marcus Mariota, right? And we've seen nothing. The value is nothing. Um, so right, yeah, Davis. that's yeah exactly so that that's where it is for me though but i mean you look at gruden you look at what he wants to do um you know he's going to be building a a good plan and a good scheme and and he's had success with um other guys in the past um so yeah confident at least in in that sense of things so in the multiverse league uh, multiverse three and four i actually got him at 2.04 that's good value there and that's a 12 team league correct Team Superflex. So yeah, it's just crazy deep. It, it's it's wild. Um, all right, so moving on here, let's get to round two. Uh, round two uh, with the one hundred and one. I took Brandon Ayuk. T Higgins goes second. Michael Pittman, Justin Herbert falls all the way to two hundred and four. Then Chase Claypool, Brian Edwards, Zach Moss, Van Jefferson was your pick at the 2.08 Shane what do you have to say about your pick of Van Jefferson why him over uh, a guy like LaVisca Chenault or Antonio Gibson or, or someone like that yeah so I think with um Brandon Cooks leaving that kind of opens the door for Van Jefferson to step into that role um got your slot guy in cup you've got your kind of over the middle with Woods um, and so you kind of need a burner, and I think Van Jefferson can be that. Um, I really was debating between him and Chenault. Um, I think Chenault will probably be the wide receiver, too, in Jacksonville. I guess the injury concern um, with Chenault kind of scared me away just enough to go Jefferson here. Um, listening to more pods recently and kind of uh, 
talking to Edwin, um, FF student doc, I think is uh, or his handle. Um, he's kind of talked a little bit more about the injuries with LaVisca. And so kind of thinking back, I probably should have gone LaVisca here or could have gone LaVisca here, but I, I see the value in Jefferson too. Um, and hopefully that Sean McVay offense can get back up to what it was um, for last year. That's that's fair. If that's the role you're expecting him to step into, he's got incredible value there. Um, we'll 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 see how it plays out. It's definitely a high upside pick, but there's also a good amount of risk with that. So I'm I'm good either way. Uh, after that, we have Jordan Love went at the 209, Lavisca Chenault at the 210, and then Jetpack, the Swiss Army Knife, Antonio Gibson. What are your thoughts taking Antonio Gibson uh, at the end of the, the second round? I think it's a good spot for him. So I'm deciding there. I'm deciding between Gibson and AJ Dillon. Um, and because I'm a big believer in Aaron Jones and I, you know, I think he's valuable enough to resign and they just stay in a committee. Um, and so like, I get the idea of AJ Dillon being valuable because he's a second round pick and maybe they want to uh, turn to him. Like, um, LaFleur had Derrick Henry when he was with the Titans, they may maybe want to do the same thing with AJ Dillon. Um, but Aaron Jones is too talented, I think, to for them to let him walk, and so they probably re-sign him. And but they have a discount because they have some sort of leverage. Um, but I think Aaron Jones ends up staying. Um, and so in my mind, AJ Dillon is is not as worthwhile um, as Antonio Gibson could be, um, just because of Geis's injury history. Um, I'm a big fan of Geis, of course. Um, and AJ Dillon or uh, Antonio Gibson only had 33 rushes in college, so we're talking extreme projection here um but i do think antonio gibson will find his way on the field no matter what um and and so he's going to be a big value for me and i and i really like him at this spot that's good uh, that's i've seen him slip a little bit because there is a lot of hype for uh aj Dillon, uh as as is their hype for um these other wide receivers. So uh, I, I've seen him slip a little bit more, but I think that's a great spot to take him. And I think he's a natural uh, pick because, because he plays so much wide receiver and running back that he's, he's going to have value in PPR leagues. Um, and it's a pretty safe pick. I think uh, there's, there's a lot of risky picks, but I think Antonio Gibson at the end of the uh, second round is a safe pick. Um so really, really dig that one. We'll, we'll get back into the, the round in just a second. Um, Thaddeus Moss was selected by the computer at uh, the 212, followed by James Prochet at the 213, also by the computer, and then A.J. Dillon at the 214. Um, as far as the best values there, I think my top three best values are Justin Herbert, Brian Edwards, and LaVisca Chenault. Um, when you're in a super flex league, having quarterback depth is really important. And so I think the fact that, that, uh, Joe, Justin Herbert was selected at the two Oh four, um, just, just like the uh, Joe Burrow fell, right. The guy that drafted Joe Burrow also drafted Justin Herbert and now has two potential starting quarterbacks. That's really difficult to do in a super flex league. Um, I also think Brian Edwards is, is a pretty good value here because he went behind chase Claypool. Um, and I think his talent level is up there with the Brandon Ayuk, T Higgins and Michael Pittman jr. And so you're getting that kind of a tier of player just drafted three, four spots later. And then I think same thing with, with LaVisca Chenault being drafted, uh, that late. I think those are your best values in that round. Uh, and you're really getting a wide receiver two, or you have a, a lot of potential for a wide receiver two season out of any of those uh, wide receivers in the second round. So to get LaVisca Chenault at the two ten is, is excellent value. In my opinion, is there anyone else that sticks out as great value or, or maybe drastically overdrafted except for Thaddeus Moss, ignore that pick. <laughs> uh, so Brian Edwards, I'm, I'm going to do my best to never leave a draft in the second round without Brian Edwards. So Wherever it is, um, he's not going to fall past me. And like, he could be, he could end up being. So you know how much I love rugs, right? But he could end up being the best receiver on that team. Um, that's how much I'm impressed by him. Um, and so, I, I think just to have a guy like Rugs playing across from him, there's such value there. Um, but Brian Edwards could be the 
I, they compared him to Terrell Owens and, you know, that's extreme or whatever, but um, he's a really talented player and I, and I love what he's able to do. He's a tough guy, um, can make plays after the catch. And I think he's kind of like an AJ Brown type of fantasy value um, in terms of um, you're coming out and you're saying, okay, here, I have some questions, but really he checks all my boxes. He does everything that I want him to do. Um, and if he, if you participate in the combine and did like moderately well, I think he would have been drafted a lot higher. Um, so I'm all about Brian Edwards and I think he's going to be the best value in any second round, um, fantasy draft. I'm with you on that one. Shane, is there anything that, that sticks out to you as uh, maybe overdrafted or underdrafted in this round? So I may surprise you guys since you know, my, uh, other college fandom is Notre Dame. I think Claypool might've gone a little early. Um, I would have taken Edwards ahead of him. Honestly, probably flip-flop them at the very least and maybe taken Moss ahead of him. Um, unless they flip him to tight end, which I don't want them to do in Pittsburgh or think that they need to do, but it would fit their offense as a tight end. Um, he's got some work to do, I think, to actually get work as a wide receiver because their wide receiver room is so full um, with Juju, Deontay, and James Washington. So I didn't love the landing spot. Other people on Twitter are okay with it or actually like it, but it's not my favorite. So I think he kind of got overdrafted in this round. All right, so Shane, before you have to go, we have a trivia quiz game. That pack is undefeated against guests on this podcast. So, I mean, it's really on you. You have to, you have to step up to the plate and beat the reigning champ. Do you think you have it in you to do that? I think so. Um, I'm a bit nervous, if we're being honest. I've listened to other pods and uh, listened to Jetpack's dominance, and so I'm hoping I can be the one to beat him. Um, but we'll, <laughs> we'll see. I, I can pull it's, random stuff out of a hat, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. It's very, it's very doable. I think just most of the time, you just got to be fast enough. Yeah, like I, I listened to the episode with Pauly Sleepers, and he was like just a second slower than you on a couple yeah. answers. <laughs> so speed is key here. This trivia game is all about your knowledge of how players finished in 2019 in fantasy points. Oh, so a little different. Evens up the playing field a little bit for Jetpack uh, for for Shane against Jetpack. If I would have asked you about um, 1970s football, Jetpack would run away with that. So oh, yeah. <laughs> that was right when Jetpack was uh, hitting his prime as far as uh, fantasy football. So it was what uh, three hundred fifty then, something like that. Four fifty six. <laughs> All right. So question number one: you you uh, first first person to start answering gets first dibs at the answer. If you get the entire answer correct, then. You get the point. If you get even part of the answer wrong, the other person has a chance to get the correct answer and then steal the points. Are you guys ready? I'm ready. All right. Name the only three running backs to finish ahead of Austin Eckler in PPR points in 2019. DMC, Dalvin Cook. And Dalvin Cook. That was incorrect. <laughs> PR points, not points per game. You both said the exact same three. Christian McCaffrey, Davin Cook, and Aaron Jones were missing one key player. All right. Christian McCaffrey and Aaron Jones are both correct. Dalvin Cook is incorrect. Who oh. is number Derrick Henry? Derrick Henry finished um, right behind Austin Eckler. Oh, one wow. more guy. And who oh, do you got? Man. Wow, come on, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm trying to think. Tell me when I can guess again. Zeke? Yeah. Was Zeke. It's got to be Zeke. <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott. Christian McCaffrey, Aaron Jones were one and two. And then Ezekiel Elliott finished running back three in PPR points in 2019. Knew the first two. Like right off the top. Go Zeke. Uh, Go Cowboys. Zeke, sneaky PPR stud. I really think of him as a PPR guy. All right, so Shane does have one point on you, Jetpack. A little nervy? Uh, 
you know, the normal. <laughs> not so not very nervous. Um, all right. This one you both get to answer. Shane, since you got the last answer correct, you will have to answer first. Ready? Which, without going over, what is the difference in PPR points between Michael Thomas, the wide receiver one, and the wide receiver two, Chris Godwin? What's the point differential between those two? Both, you both answer, but Shane, you have to give your answer first. What is the point differential between those two? Without going over. 97. Pack. Did you say 97? 97. Pack, what is your guess? Oh my gosh. Hold on. I'm doing math in my head because I know what their points per game was. Oh. Wow. <laughs> That's impressive. I, Pack. I lost. Uh, uh, that's pretty close, though. Uh, I'm gonna, gonna say be... I'm gonna say sixty. Wow! All right, Shane. You know what the correct answer was? Is is really really impressive. Ninety eight points. What? <laughs> that's Shane. crazy. With a two to zero lead, I, I'm so when I said when you said that, I was just shocked. That's amazing, that Shane. Within one and didn't go over. Wow. All right. Knew it was about 100 points, but I, I was aiming high in my head. And I was like, no, if I, I can't go over, so I'm going to aim low. And so I just pulled 97 out of it for me. That was insane, Shane. Was so, so, yeah, Michael Thomas is 23 points per game and Chris Godwin's 19. It was 98 points. It's insane. Because Chris Godwin, Chris Godwin didn't play. He played, yeah, he missed two games, right? Uh, I believe so. He played, yeah, fourteen games. Ooh, Michael Thomas yeah, is that got me. It's off the math, though, Jetpack. You were pretty close. Yeah, I just did the games wrong. All right, two zero. Ready? I'm feeling it. <laughs> well, don't worry. The uh, the final question is always the equalizer, so. Always, we always run it that way. This one is differently phrased, um, different than, than the other questions. Still, whoever answers first gets the points. Adrian Peterson finished with the exact same number of PPR points as which rookie running back? Evan Singletary. Ow! Shane. Gosh. Shane's unbelievable. <laughs> Can oh Shane be stopped? <laughs> What is this? It is incredible. Shane, I've never seen a display of knowledge like this. Wow. wow. Incredible. I feel, like, I feel like it's 2007, and I'm LaDainian Tomlinson just coming on to the end of my career, and Adrian Peterson is just coming out, <laughs> running over the Chargers, and I'm just like in awe. Is that his 300-yard game or his almost 300-yard game? Yeah, I think it was 296. Incredible. All right. Wow. Question number four. So Shane already has three points. Obviously, question number five is is worth five points. Um, but question number four. This one is about speed as well. Two teams finished with two tw- top twenty wide receivers. Who were the teams, and what were the players? Falcons and Bucks. Were the t- who were the players? Uh, Jones, Ridley, Godwin, and Evans. Unfortunately, because it was close. And do you have different answer? I'm not going to tell you which one was correct and which was not. Shane, do you have a different answer? I know it was the Bucks with Evans and Godwin. I am going to go Vikings, Dylan and Diggs. That was incorrect. All right, so I will give you both the uh, jetpack. You were you were closer with the Falcons. Um, Calvin Ridley finished as wide receiver twenty three. Um, so the Bucks so is correct, obviously. Evans and Godwin. 
They're missing one team. Jetpack, you get the first because you answered first. Um, who is your next guess at the second team with two top 20 wide receivers? Uh, Cowboys? Who Michael are the Gallup? two wide receivers? Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper? Yes, that is correct. All right. As soon Michael as you Gallup. said that, I was like, yep, that's it. Yep. Michael Gallup finished as wide receiver 20, which is very, very encouraging for, and that's with missing two games, I believe. Um, so very encouraging for all CD Lamb owners that can, he can support two top 20 wide receivers. Uh, but yes, Michael Gallup was the other correct answer. He actually only started 12 games last season and still finished as wide receiver 20. All right, last question. Shane is up uh, three to one right now. Obviously, this question is worth five points. <laughs> All right. I forgot. Without, without going over, what position rank, so what number wide receiver did Corey Davis finish uh, in 2019 in PPR? Jeez. Uh, Out going over. 52. 42. Wow. And we have Champ survives. Corey Davis finished wide receiver 64. Wow. <laughs> Pretty bad. Nice. Pretty bad. So was, that's 3-2, uh, to two, though. It's 3-2. to two. Shane did win. That was not a. That was not worthy of a five point. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Shane, Shane taking the W here. Congratulations! You just handed Jetpack his second ever loss. You are the current reigning winner. Oh, I'm honored. Incredible, incredible work. Congrats! You have to head out here. I know you have to head out here in just a second. So, can you give us a quick victory speech before you leave? i'd like to thank uh god family and obviously the astronauts for having me on um as a content creator and also for this podcast jetpack you are always a formidable opponent to all of your people so the fact that i beat you is astonishing i am glad to be the first other than rish okay congratulations go in glory (laughs) That was absolutely incredible. I will forever be shocked with your guess of 97. That was amazing. (laughs) Absolutely stunning. And then knowing Devin Singletary right off the bat was was also incredible. So well done. Well earned. Appreciate it. And we'll let you go here. See you guys. All right. right, See you, brother. That was that was awesome. Yeah. All right. So finishing up with rounds three and four. Uh, honestly, there's not there's not a ton to talk about here. That's like super exciting. They're they're all pretty good values. Um, so we'll hit on a couple of these names. But uh, running through rounds three and four, round three was Joshua Kelly, then Jalen Hurts, Anthony McFarland, Darrington Evans, Hunter Bryant was a computer selection, uh, KJ Hamler, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Antonio Gandy-Golden, Michael Warren, Eno Benjamin, Lynn Bowden, Marquez Callaway, James Robinson, and DJ Dallas. Uh, Any of those names stick out to you uh, as values or... Or, or shouldn't have been drafted that early. Yeah, I think here and really earlier, a little bit earlier too, um, with rugs, we're seeing the difference in fantasy value versus NFL draft value, right? Um, KJ Hamler's the only second rounder in here, um, but a, a second rounder shouldn't be lasting this long unless you're the wide receiver three on your team. And so, yeah, like I like Hamler, generally speaking, I like him as a prospect, but the the overall upside is capped just simply because, you know, Drew Locke would have to be, you know, Drew Brees in order to support three guys. And I don't know if he's ready to do that yet, but um, 
I, yeah, I, I do like Hamler in the third round. I think that's a good spot for him. Um, but I think the big win here is being able to take Josh Kelly. Uh, so talk us through what you're thinking there. Um, yeah. Oh, so yeah, Josh Kelly's actually my running back six. Um, I know that I don't have to draft him that early. So, I, I mean, I would have taken him over Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, I would have taken him over Zach Moss, Antonio Gibson, AJ Dillon, because I think his ability to beat out Justin Jackson or um, at least demand more carries than Justin Jackson is it, the, the probability of that is very high. And we saw what happened with Melvin Gordon when he was the support role for Austin Eckler. He still finished with 12 to 13 PPR points per game uh, or half point PPR points per game. And so like, that's incredible. So Josh Kelly is in line for something like that. And um, and we've seen two running backs absolutely flourish in that offense before. So Josh Kelly is a, a screaming value. Uh, you really have to draft him at the beginning of the third round. He's not lasting very far into the third round, but I mean, I wouldn't have had any problem drafting him over uh, like a James Prochet, AJ Dillon, Antonio Gibson. I, I wouldn't have had any problem drafting him at the end of the, the second round um, if I felt like I needed to. The other guys that feel like values here, um, DJ Dallas, I feel like at the end of the third round is a really good value. Um, same with Lynn Bowden. I, Lynn Bowden is is going to be sneaky good for fantasy, um, in my opinion. I think they, they have him slotted as a running back. He can do a lot of different stuff. So it feels like he's going to be kind of a, a tool that they just want to get on the field as much as possible. And so I think Lynn Bowden's a good value. And then I think Jalen Hurts is a pretty good value as well. If you're talking super flex, he's, he's Carson Wentz backup. Carson Wentz um, struggles to stay on the field at times. Uh, obviously he had a healthy season last season, but um, the backup quarterback in Philly is always a good idea. So those guys are, are the biggest values for me here. Um, there's a handful of names that I just, I, I wouldn't draft this early. I probably wouldn't draft at all. Um, James Robinson, I wouldn't necessarily draft Marquez Callaway. I, I don't know if I would draft maybe, um, Donovan Peoples Jones, high upside guy, but I wouldn't draft him until the fourth because that, that offense already has so much talent and I don't think he's going to see the field. Um, and then Lynn, Lynn Bowden, I think, or, or not Lynn Bowden, Eno Benjamin. I, I don't think you're going to see him many carries because he is going to be third on the depth chart. So there's a handful of guys that I could see sliding into the fourth round, but at the same time, there's not, there's not many guys in the fourth round that I could see sliding up. So it's really third round and fourth round for me is go get your guy. If you have a guy that you really like, just, just draft him. Don't really care about ADP because it, it could be anyone, you know, and anyone could be drafted at any time from the third to the fourth. round. So those are my general thoughts on the third and fourth round, especially in this draft. Um, did, do you have any, any other values that, that jumped out to you? I, I th I'm in a different place than you are with Jalen Hurts. I just think it's a wasted pick. Like Carson Wentz is a starter and he signed through 2023. So they have to be trying to revolutionize the game of football and play two quarterbacks for him to have any value. There's would you, would like, you take him or Jordan Love first? I would never take either of those quarterbacks. It's just a waste of pick. <laughs> Jordan Love is going to be bad um, unless he like magically finds a way to improve over the next three years while he's waiting for Aaron Rodgers to retire. Um, and Jalen Hurts is in the same boat, but Carson Wentz is like 25. So, yeah, I mean, I, why why would you bother, even in Superflex? That's kind of where I'm at on those guys. Um, Fair. But, uh, like I really do like Anthony McFarland, um, where he's at and on the, in the third round and Darrington Evans, I think is another good, like, okay, we're in the backup tier, right? So Josh Kelly will sit up at the top of your backup tier. Um, AJ Dillon in the, in the top of the backup tier, but Anthony McFarland and Darrington Evans are, um, guys that are like true, true handcuffs, right? They're not going to get a ton of volume when James Conner and Derrick Henry are on the field. Um, but they have really good value overall. And I think they're good, good players. So Darrington Evans is like a justice Hill and Anthony McFarlane is like a Daryl Henderson. So, um, that's the kind of like caliber of athlete there. Um, 
So, you know, confident enough if they get reps um, to be, you know, good, good players stepping into roles. So, I, so yeah, I think there's, there's very few wrong picks in this round. Uh, fourth round went Devin Duvernay, who probably is my biggest prize that he made it to the fourth round. I feel like he should have been drafted in the third. Um, Adam Trotman, Tyler Johnson, Isaiah Hodgins, uh, Jamichael Hasty, Quintez Cephas, Cole Komet, Isaiah Coulter, Rico Dowdle, LaMichael Pirine, Quez Watkins, Jake Fromm, Jawan Jennings, and Jacob Eason. Um, if we're talking backup quarterbacks, I think Jake Fromm's probably the best value backup quarterback that you're going to get because Josh Allen does put himself at risk so often getting concussions and he just runs crazy. Um, so I think if you want to take a stab on one of these backup quarterbacks, Jake Fromm at the end of the fourth round is for me a very good pick because you're, you're looking at guys that are buried on the depth chart regardless. So you might as well, especially in a super flex league, get someone that has a legitimate chance of playing time, even starting potential uh, for one or two games in the season. So, so Jake Fromm feels like that's a, a really good safe pick at the end of the fourth round with a decent amount of upside. Um, what, what was your favorite pick from the fourth round? Uh, Tyler Johnson. I think he'll be um, as a, Definitely as a DFS play, um, where it'll be like, oh, this is nice to have. But, I mean, Scotty Miller is not going to beat out Tyler Johnson. No way, right? If if our pre-draft evaluation of Tyler Johnson is any good, right? Um, like, he's a steal where they got him in the fifth round. Um, so, like him a lot for sure. Quez Watkins, I think, is interesting. So, um, when when you're running through and thinking about what the Cardinals did last year, where they're just like, okay, we're just going to draft a bunch of receivers. We just want to find guys, right? Like it, pe people are investments and things like that, but Jalen Rager is is a guy, and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside is a guy, and it's just let the best man win, right? And so mm -hmm. when you're bringing in Quez Watkins and John Hightower um, to compete, if one of them hits, they'll get on the field. They don't – like. The Eagles don't care. They just need receivers. And so Quez will be another, a nice stab that you can get in the back of the uh, back end of your rookie draft. And he's a four, three, five guy who's six feet tall and, you know, can play football. Um, so definitely a lot to like about him as a like late round stab. Um, the other guys, I mean, obviously I like my bears tight end. I think he's not going to, to do a ton this year. They have just the largest tight end depth chart ever, but Cole Kmet, fourth round I, i'm okay taking any of these tight ends if you have a favorite tight end in this fourth round um that's that's the spot to take them any time before the fourth round just feels way too early for me uh, and and we've talked about that and i think i think you're spot on with tyler johnson if and, and if anything happens to chris godwin or mike evans you're looking at a high-powered offense with just tons and tons of upside so tyler johnson's a great stash uh, I, I think you nailed it there. Um, yeah, like who's who's gonna cover him? They're gonna it, have they don't they're not gonna have a guy, and Brady could just throw it to him all day and with free space in the middle. So he he's very interesting as a well, I think he was a fifth rounder. Yeah, he's he's a guy that I really liked, and just I mean his landing spot was his landing spot and his athletic measurables just crushed his ADP because he would have been if he if he runs half uh if he runs five hundredths of a second faster okay automatically he's moved up and if he's drafted a round earlier all of a sudden he's moved up because your his talent level was was top 10 in, of these wide receivers you know like you you would have considered drafting him with the brendan Ayuk, t higgins michael Pittman, brian edwards if he lands in one of those spots am i wrong you are not wrong rish we like tyler johnson here do like Tyler Johnson here. Awesome. Um, yeah, that's uh, what is your, so if you're entering a rookie draft right now, what is, what is your biggest takeaway looking at all this, looking how, how, how it all plays out. Like if you're sitting in the mid first, what's, what's your strategy? What are you thinking? Are you, are you sitting tight? Are you trading up? Are you trading back? How, what is, what is your preference uh, with these picks? Uh I think I am trading down. So if if my running back is gone, right, and I'm 
Clyde, JT, Dobbins, Akers. If my top four running back is gone, I will trade down. That's where I'm at because Rager, Lamb, Judy, Jefferson, and those, and Swift and Vaughn, those are all, they all feel the same to me. So if I can pick up value and maybe find a way to squeeze in like another second rounder, I like that because then I can go into the like, oh, I'm taking Jerry Judy at 111 and I'm also taking LaVisca Chenault um, in, in round two instead of just coming out with just Rager, right? Um, and so that I think strategy-wise, that's where you want to head is the value of the, the very top guys, it's there, right? The top four picks or the top six picks, depending on how you're playing your quarterbacks and running backs, those guys will all hit, all of them. Um, and then when you get to the receivers, then you have all your normal receiver question marks. Um, mm -hmm. And so that, that's when I'll, I'll trade down because all the receivers feel the same, right? Like there's not much separating Michael Pittman, T. Higgins, and Henry Ruggs or Denzel Mims. Or, I mean, they're all kind of the same. Words. So, yeah, hop back down, you got no issues. I mean, if you could if you could trade back and get Justin Jefferson and Brian Edwards instead of C.D. Lamb or, or Jalen Rager, you're stoked with that. You're very happy. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I think that's that's probably the move. And and because this is such a polarizing class, I think it's very doable because people will say, "Oh, that's my guy. I need to go get him." And so they will want to trade up. So if you're not, if you're kind of of the this is a tier based draft rather than go get your guy, this is the perfect draft to do it because these guys are all in such a similar tier. And there are people that are so polarized that have to move up to get their guy. Yeah. I mean, we haven't talked about Justin Jefferson this pod really, um, but he could be the wide receiver one easy, right? He's got a very clear yep. role. He steps in um, like very obvious. Uh, we yeah. like vacated targets are whatever, right? We're not really sure on the value of those, but if there's somebody to fill vacated, vacated targets, it's a SEC proven first round pick that will hop mm -hmm. in and he'll just gobble up. Stefan Diggs 94 targets last year. Right. Um, and so he's probably the best value in the draft and you can get him at the very end of the first round. Um, uh, so like him a lot for sure. Guy, the guy and to, to stray from rookies just for a second, um, hopping into DFS. So I'm just going crazy here, but sticking with the Vikings. So some semblance of, uh, of order. Tajay Sharp is a guy with the abbreviated uh, camps that they'll have. Uh, I think Tajay Sharp's going to be a great, pick up later in drafts because you don't know if Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson is going to be able to step in and fill that role immediately. Right. If, if the rookies are missing a key learning snaps, it may be a couple games before he gets settled in. It may be a couple games before he has the playbook down. So why not take a Tajay sharp, especially in DFS in the early weeks, he'll be free and he could, he could easily, easily, fill that Stefan Diggs role for a week. You know, I'm not saying he has the upside. I'm not saying he's going to keep that role over Justin Jefferson. But I mean, if you're looking to squeeze out a couple extra points, Tajay Sharp is a guy that I was thinking about uh, earlier is just an interesting name to keep in mind for the late rounds with some potential upside. If we're looking at a season where, okay, they, they cut out some mini camp or they cut out some some training camp, they cut out some preseason games. So all of a sudden, Justin Jefferson doesn't have the time to um, to get used to it. So it takes him a week or, or, or two longer to, to settle in. So that's my that's my one little thought on depth chart and, and reading into what this whole crazy situation um, is going to do to this season. But, I mean, other than that, Justin Jefferson could be the, the rookie wide receiver one out of this class for 2020. Yeah, I, I can appreciate the deep scout there on Tajay Sharp. <laughs> uh, not saying it's going to hit, but right, yeah, no. If, if everyone's telling you the same thing that Justin Jefferson's going to be the guy, and you're never going to know or even think about Tajay Sharp. Yeah, good twenty fifth right. round snag. <laughs> um, uh, sort for me. Upside. Yeah, sort for me. Higgins and Pittman. And Ayuk, and what the play is there. That is the most interesting part of the draft for me. Yeah, those those three guys. I was struggling, and I actually asked our group because I was I, I had that exact same situation come up in a rookie draft, and I went with Ayuk because when Kyle Shanahan goes and gets his guy, 
and says this was the best receiver in the class. I'm going to listen. He got Debo Samuel and used Debo Samuel really well. Uh, and, and Debo was fantasy relevant. And while he wasn't like a wide receiver one, he was in my lineup weekly, right? You're able to play him. Ayuk is a guy where I see more vacated targets, no true number one wide receiver, and a very creative offensive mind. And so I want a piece of that offense. If I have to go with, so so I would take Ayuk first. It's very close because because I, I like the talent of the other two guys as well. I would go T Higgins next because I like the fact that he is linked to both Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow for the long term. His 2019 or his 2020, I don't think is going to be great because you have a lot of competition there. But John Ross's fifth year option was was waived, and um, and AJ Green is a free agent at the end of the season. So T Higgins is in line for a 2021 season that is going to be incredible. So I, I would take him there, and then. Michael Pittman Jr. probably going to end up in between Ayuk and uh, and Higgins as far as 2020 goes, but I think he will have he he will not be in the same uh, tier as them for 2021. So I'm looking at okay, who do I get the best out of in 2020? I'm going to take him first. Who am I going to get the best out of in 2021? I'm taking them second, and then Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, he's got Philip Rivers for a year or two. You don't know who the quarterback's going to be after that. Um, so because of the quarterback concerns, I'm going to, and, and the fact that he's not, he doesn't have really a chance to be the number one wide receiver this year with uh, T.Y. Hilton there. I'm going to put him as as the third slot, although I, I wouldn't fault you if you think he's going to take over and be that number one spot. You don't care about the quarterback concerns. Then, I mean, he's got the, he's got the upside there. So my order and my rationale for that is Ayuk Higgins and Pittman for, for those reasons. What, what do you, how do how does that shake out for you? I know it's tough being a Niners fan. Um, you're going to lean at pack Jerry Rice with Ayuk, but <laughs> what <laughs> yeah. do you think? No, I, I've fallen for Ayuk in a bad way. And in, in the sense of yes. like, there are so, there's so much risk there um, because we, we've seen Shanahan really like Dante Pettis and we've seen, yep. Um, Shanahan do stuff like that, right? Um, where it's like, well, what are you, what are you thinking there, bud? Um, but the upside is too much. And Ayuk is like really good <laughs> um, at football. And he's a sick punt returner and can do whatever you want after the catch. And that's more exciting than what Higgins and Pittman can do in my mind. Um, so he'll end up going there for me because I crave risk and I love risk. Yes. And so like I will gladly take the risk on and everybody else will be like you know oh you're an idiot his he didn't break out till his senior year or whatever right but you know to me it doesn't matter um i and then i think so Ayuk would be one and then i i think higgins two makes sense and michael Pittman three um in that order i kind of fit along with with all that um i yeah Pittman Pittman can be a vincent jackson to philip rivers right um, so there's a lot of cool juice there. Um, and like when you've probably seen the, the Colts guys talk about Pittman, they're like, Oh, this guy's so amazing. He might be the best receiver. You know, everybody says that about their guy, but, um, there's a lot to like about Pittman. So, um, like, yeah, I mean, if we're talking strategy, trading into this group of guys is a like perfect place to trade into. Absolutely. Um, so if you're high with the, your, you know, 105, 106, and you're like, ah, let me push back and you, and you pick up. Um, somehow you find a way to pick up a, you know, a late first and then an early two, like this is perfect. Um, that that's where it's at. So, um, yeah, definitely a big fan there. I, I might have Ayuk ahead of Mims, um, yeah, in the I kind of well. like, uh, you know, audacious tier of Ayuk could be really great and I don't mind whiffing yeah. <laughs> because I, I'm in the exact same spot. Yeah. Like the, the reality is my teams are all awesome, so I don't mind. Right whiffing on a guy <laughs> upside you're, you're in the championship regardless so it's like oh am i gonna have like a risky uh guy with shanahan or a risky guy with adam gase right yeah like think about I think we know the answer totally i mean just think about the idea of fantasy football it's like oh let me play a gambling game safe no you have to hit the home runs <laughs> right you have to yes. get the best players on the best teams and 
Ayuk has the opportunity to do that. So in a, in a way that's different than a lot of the other guys. Oh yeah. Am I going to take a guy that's immediately on a Super Bowl contender team or someone with a quarterback that, that sees ghosts and a coach that hates one of the best running backs in the NFL? Yeah. That's, you know, it feels yeah. like an easy choice. Right. Similar as far as athleticism. Sims is a better athlete, but Ayuk's a baller as well. So Ayuk is can do after the catch what Mims what you're you're hoping Mims does. So like when you watch Mims, you have yes. no idea that he runs a four three eight. When you watch Ayuk, you think he runs a four three eight. And that's kind of the, the challenge yes. there is okay, we have these metrics on Mims and we have these metrics on Ayuk, but what does the tape tell me? It's Ayuk is sick. Um and like scout you know people who are scouting um early were saying i I have a higher grade on ayuk than i did Nikhil harry and i think that's encouraging right it's not just um ayuk came in and had an opportunity after Nikhil was gone and he's like okay right or he's filling in those shoes and because Nikhil harry went early then ayuk can go early it's people think ayuk is better than Nikhil harry um and that's encouraging to me too he was a um, community college guy. He played at Sierra College um, in Sacramento, California, and so he, California and all that stuff. But um, so he's interesting in that sense because you know he played well or performed well, and then he went and had a year where he had to you know kind of sit behind Nikhil Harry and kind of learn what was going on there. But it's not like he was at the program all four years like Michael Pittman, right? Pittman was at USC the entire time and. You know, he has Amon Ra St. Brown who's getting more touches than him, or Tyler Vons who's, you know, doing just as well as he is until his senior year. Um, this is yeah. not the case with Brandon Ayuk. Um, and so I'm into that a little bit. Like Denzel Mims, he struggled to to get a you know a ton of volume with Jalen Hurts there, right? As soon as Jalen Hurts comes in, transfers from Tennessee, Denzel Mims, you know, becomes a second fiddle, which is, you know, kind of wild. But um, you know, so all these guys are in kind of that same category, and I think Ayuk just does more with the ball in his hands, and that's what's exciting. Yeah, I'm I'm totally with that. I'm I'm very excited about Ayuk. I just drafted him twice in uh, in rookie drafts, so I'm I'm stoked to have him. Went traded traded up to get him, um, because he was kind of the end of that tier for me. I think I still have him as wide receiver five. Um, I'll probably draft. Henry Ruggs ahead of him just because I think that's where you'd have to draft Henry Ruggs to get him. Uh, but but I, I think Ayuk has just incredible potential and it's the perfect landing spot for him. Like right. you could not have scripted a better landing spot. If he lands anywhere else, you're you're lower on him. But because he's in San Francisco, you're excited. Totally. Yeah. If he went to yeah, literally any other place, it'd be like, oh, this is, he's just going into the oblivion. Right. But I've, con- I've now confident. he's relevant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Sweet. Loved that. Loved having Shane on. Shane. Great time. Great Champion. time hanging. Champion. That was so well, impressive. The was, 97. Oh my gosh. So impressive. I loved that. <laughs> He's just got so much clout right now. Yep. But I am I am uh glad that you came back and made it close because it looked like he was about to blow you out there for a second. Oh well, you know, I was I mean if I get blown out, then it might be time to retire. I was nervous, but you know, I should never be nervous. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for hanging jetpack. We are the fantasy football astronauts and we are blasting off again.